and we will be in verses 5 through 6 tonight. And we are starting a new series on our anchor verses. Now, what is an anchor verse and why are we doing this? Uh, I asked our ministerial staff as they're going to preach over the next few weeks, and we're going to have some guest speakers in between, to basically preach the verses that have been anchors for their life. The verses that they turn to in the midst of hardships and difficulty, their life and leading verses. The verses when it feels like the storms of life are raging all around. These are the verses that you can put the anchor down, that you know that you're solid, that these are just the concrete anchored verses. The verses that you know you draw upon at a moment's notice, the verses that you feel like you could recite, that you almost have to yell out at times because you're walking through muck and mire, and these are the anchor verses. And so I wanted to go first so nobody could steal mine. And so mine is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And this is my anchor verse. This is the verse that anchors me and, and life. This is my life verse. This is my theme verse for my life. And so I want to share it with you. But not just give you my verse, but also share why it's been instrumental and valuable in my life. And hopefully that would be instrumental and helpful in your life as well. So let me read Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6 together. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your pathways. So this is our goal tonight. And let me do a little favor here. On your outline, it looks a little different tonight. Uh, it's basically the scripture with a little bit of space in between. And I'm going to kind of walk through this as if I was preparing to preach the sermon myself. Uh, I've got notebooks filled up, and this is how I study, and this is how I preach, is I basically take the verse that I'm going to preach on, I put it on a piece of paper, I take my pen, and I start circling and highlighting and underlining and writing notes. So we're going to do that together tonight. Can we do that? Anybody? Hey, it's Sunday night. Come on now. Let's do this together, all right? We're going to do this together. We're going to read the Word. We're going to study the Word. We're going to highlight. We're going to underline. We're going to have fun together. We're going to do this together, and we're going to leave this place a little different than when we came in, all right? We ready? All right, let's do this together, all right? Wake up, people. Let's do it, all right? So here we go. The first thing that we want to look at, and the first place that I would underline and look at, is actually not the beginning of this passage. I'm going to take us to the end of this passage because I think we need to understand where we're going in light of this passage. At the end of it, you see the last line, and he will make straight your pathways. If I want to see where we're going at the end of this verse, I want to know what's the promise, what's coming to me, what's the, what's the conditional phrase. And at the end of it, you see, and he will make straight your pathways. This is our aim. This is our desire. This is our longing that he would make straight our pathways. But to get there, I think we need to have a proper expectation of what we want from the Lord. We need to have proper understanding of what it means to have our pathway be made straight. Now today, tonight, let's say we got done at this wonderful evening service and all these wonderful discipleship classes. And you said, Mark, you preached an amazing sermon. I'm taking you to the Wendy's, right? We're going to Wendy's, you and me, going to Wendy's tonight. I love Wendy's, right? Their burgers are square. They don't cut corners. They have great values about what they do. I love Wendy's. And you said, tonight, I'm buying you a Frosty. You go sit across the table. I'm going to the, the, the counter. I'm going to order you a Frosty. And you come to the table with a vanilla Frosty. That's trash. I don't want it. When you called me and said, we're going to get a Frosty, I want a chocolate Frosty. Because that is what a Frosty is, right? That's my expectation. I want a chocolate Frosty. You come bringing a peppermint Frosty, a vanilla Frosty, little cookie crumbles. That's not a Frosty. I don't want it. We need to have proper expectations. Our expectations, when they're not met, can get us all disarrayed. 
When you come at me saying we're going to have a frosty and it's not really a frosty, our expectations are not met and there's always tension involved in that. When we come to this text and we see, Lord, if I do these things, you will make straight my pathways. What are we expecting God to do for us? Are we expecting him to make our lives easy and simple and no problems, devoid of pain and hurting? Is this what we're expecting from the Lord when we say make our pathways straight? If that were so, if this was our expectation of the Lord when our pathways feel not straight, when our pathways feel full of pain and sorrow and hurt and grief, when we walk through hardships and we say, Lord, I'm doing what you called me to do, yet it doesn't feel like this pathway is very straight. What are you doing? See, I don't think that God's saying your pathways will be easy when they're straight. If so, in Scripture, you would look at Peter, Paul, John, the disciples, the apostles, and so many who follow Jesus, and you'd say, well, guys, if you just would have trusted in the Lord, your life would have been a whole lot better. You wouldn't have died these martyrs' death. You wouldn't have had all these struggles. You wouldn't have been persecuted. Surely you didn't unlock the promise of trusting in the Lord with your whole heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. God, surely he would have made your pathway straight, but I guess you ended up in jail for preaching the gospel. I guess you didn't get the promise right. So surely this, he will make your pathway straight, does not equate with simple, easy, no problems, no pain, no hurting, no issues. You're just going to skate through life with no problems. Surely this text does not mean that. You, you come and look at what Paul and the apostles and Jesus all experienced. And so we need to ask the question, what are we wanting? For many years of my life, I looked at my testimony in my life and I began to look at other people and I began to think, my testimony, I don't really have much. I came to church, I sat on the second pew of the church and I came to church every Sunday. I never did any crazy, outrageous, rebellious things. I have a very simple uh, story and testimony that at 10 years old, I walked down the aisle, gave my life to Jesus and I've been trying to follow him, not perfectly since then. I don't have one of those crazy stories of prodigal in the muck and the mire and came and gave my life to Jesus. And at times I thought, man, I don't have a crazy, awesome testimony. And the older I've gotten, the more I recognize what the Lord has saved me from. The crooked paths that I didn't have to walk down and how the Lord has saved me from so many things. And you talk to these people who have these crazy stories and they say, I wish I had a story that didn't take me on all these crooked pathways that led me through and back. We're thankful for the straight paths that the Lord has led us on that don't detour us around all these different places. Growing up as a high school student, junior high student, I had a dream that one day I would grow up and I could do the things that I wanted to do. As a junior high and high school student, I would go to bed and my parents would tell me I had bedtime at 10.30 and I thought that was a little bit restrictive, right? And I dreamed of the day that one day I would get out from under their roof and I could drink as much Mountain Dew. I could drink the, the cage full of Mountain Dew. I could play video games until I fell asleep. I didn't have to brush my teeth at night, right? That's, that's the dream for a junior high student. I longed for all these things, kept waiting for the day that I could get out from my parents' roof and I could go and I could stay up all night. I could buy as much Mountain Dew as I could drink pizza every other night, right? You feel that dream too, don't you? Nobody does, right? You feel it. Maybe a little bit over here. You feel that? Okay. All right. There's my people over here. All right. So one day I could get out and I could do and experience all of these wonderful things. And then the older you get, the older you get, you realize the later you stay up, the more harm it does to you. The more that you drink Mountain Dew in copious amounts, the worse that it does for you. 
and you realize these things that you thought would be good for you end up making your pathway very crooked. So we come to the word tonight, this is our goal. He will make your pathway straight. So let's then now go back and let's start at the top of this passage together. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Take for a moment this word trust. Circle it, underline it, look at it for just a moment. What does this word trust mean? This word trust means to lie face down, helpless in front of the master waiting for the next request. It means getting down and saying, Lord, whatever you would have for me, I'm waiting on you. And here's the big part next. It says, trust in the Lord. Now, this is where your and my choice comes in. If you were to take a moment and just circle the words, in the Lord. This is the moment that we have to pick and choose. Trust in what? In the moment when calamity comes your way, and you call upon Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you have the moment to ask yourself, what am I going to trust in? Am I going to trust in myself? Am I going to lean on my own understanding? Am I going to trust in the Lord? And this brings up a bigger question. Is the Lord trustworthy for you? Do you trust him? And I know in the church, we would all say, yes, of course we trust the Lord. But in that moment of calamity in your life, do you trust the Lord? Is he trustworthy for you and to you? And this is why I am a proponent of journaling. Because as I look back at my life over and over again, I say, yes, Lord, you are trustworthy. And because you're trustworthy, I'm going to trust you again in this scenario. Even though I'm walking through this difficulty, because you've been trustworthy in the past, I'm going to faithfully trust you in this season, in this moment, in this time. And this is where the moment comes in. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord. Is he trustworthy? Has he let me down before? Is the God who made the stars and the universe worthy for me to place my trust into him? Friends, in those moments when everything is going good and when everything is going difficult, do you trust in him? Do you trust that he is working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose? Do you trust him? And there may be the times and places and things that, yes, you do. And there may be the things that you say, you know what, I think I'll hold on to this one because I think I got it. If you continue, it says, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. I've sat on that passage for a while this afternoon, struggling to understand and really rectify my life. What does it mean for me to acknowledge the Lord in all of my ways? I got thinking about what this could look like, and I thought about uh, maybe a, a fun little analogy here to help us. One of Brittany and I's first dates as we uh, started to date is I remember and recall a time that we went to the zoo together. And I remember walking up to the zoo and thinking about that now retroactively. Going to the zoo with her was very simple. Get in the car, go to the zoo. Very easy. Look at the animals, come home. Do You know nowadays with three kids, going to the zoo is quite a different experience. It's different. Right? When we go to the zoo now, there's a lot of forethought that goes into every decision that we make. We pack a backpack. It's got every snack ever been created by every company in the entire world. We got three water bottles. We got wet wipes. We go to buy the McDonald's on the way and make sure the kids have lunch taken care of. We think of everything. They get in the minivan. We go, go. We have little dollars so they can pay for the birds. Everything is about the reality of our kids with us. 
Every decision we make is bearing on the fact that our kids are with us. We're walking through the zoo. We're doing things kid-focused. We're doing everything focused on the reality that they are with us going to the zoo. And the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. The, the word means that we recognize and acknowledge his presence with us. In everything we do, we recognize his presence goes with us. And when he is with us, how do we prioritize every decision, everything that we do is the reality that he is with us. It's much different when we would go to the zoo, just the two of us. We didn't think about all the kids. We just simply went and did. But now the kids are with us. Every decision that we make from the moment we leave the house to the moment we come home is influenced by the reality that there are three children in the car with us. Every decision. Everything that we do from the moment we walk out the house to the moment we get home is influenced by the reality that we have children with us. If you think about what this writer is telling us, he's telling us in all of our ways, every area of our life is influenced by the reality that Jesus is with us. I want you to imagine for a moment, if you maybe turn on the back of your little outline and maybe begin to write down some buckets tonight. Write down some buckets of your life. You've got your job bucket, you've got your family bucket, you've got your husband or wife bucket, you've got your friendship bucket, you've got your, and just start naming buckets of your life. As an exercise, you can do it right now. I see maybe one or two of you doing it. You can turn over on the back of your page and just write down some of your buckets. For me, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I have a job, I have friendships, I cheer for Auburn, I, uh, uh, is that it? No, I've got some more buckets here. I've, I'm a grandson. I've got I'm an uncle. I've, just write down your buckets. Write down as many buckets as you can come up to. Just begin to think about all the areas of influence, all the things that define you as a human being, all the things that you have areas and influence. And as you're writing down those buckets, if you were to imagine all those buckets lay down on the stage, lay down in your room, begin to imagine in what ways... Do you acknowledge the Lord in each of those areas of your life? If you were to look out, you would say, yeah, as a father, I recognize, man, I acknowledge the Lord because I don't know what I'm doing and I lean on him in every way because I need him desperately. But then you move to another bucket and say, you know what? Yeah, I kind of got that, you know, that figured out. I don't really need him that much. Oh, you know, I need him here. I got to have him here. But, you know, over here, it's really not that necessary. I got it figured out. As you begin to look at everything and who you are, every definition of who you are, and all of your ways, acknowledge him. On your outline, if you would, take your pen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Circle the word all. And do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Circle the word all. As we talked about this morning, the Lord wants, he wants everything. And these conditional promises that he's given, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your pathway straight. It's not do this because I say so. He says do this because it will help you. Do this because it is good for you. Do this because it is for your thriving and for your good. So you detour around the crooked paths and here pathways are made straight. I recognize in my life that there are these moments of calamity in my soul. These moments where I'm I'm taken to situations and circumstances that are heavy in my heart. And the Lord brings me to Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And it's the moment of reflection in my soul to say, Lord, am I trusting in you? Am I giving you everything that I've got? 
Am I leaning on my own understanding, my own intellect, my own wisdom, or am I trusting in you with everything? Do I see you as worthy in my life? Lord, am I acknowledging you in every area and sphere of my life? And Lord, would you help guide my steps in every opportunity that comes before me? That this verse is not only helpful and instructive for us and it gives us a conditional blessing, but it's also deeply convicting and questioning for our own souls. Lord, am I trusting in you with everything that I've got? Tonight, I want to pray for you and just take a moment for us to pray. So if you would, just tune your hearts in with mine and, and let's stop for a moment and just pause. Lord, in the quietness of this sanctuary, I, I, I look at my sheet of buckets. Students, families, jobs, friendships, sports. Lord, what does it look like for me to acknowledge you in all of my ways? Take a moment to reflect in your own soul. Are you reflecting and acknowledging the Lord's presence in your life in every, every sphere of your life, every bucket of your life? Take just a moment and ask the Lord to reveal and show it to your own soul. Lord, help us to trust in you. Not in ourselves, not in our intellect, not in our wisdom, but to trust wholeheartedly in you. In those moments of calamity, as they rise up around us, Lord, I pray that we would run to you knowing that you are trustworthy, that you are good, and that you want us to thrive. Lord, I confess the times and places in which I look to my own intellect, I look to my own wisdom, I look to my own strength, and I do not acknowledge you. Lord, help me see your presence near me, around me, walking with me through life's ups and downs. Lord, thank you for your word. And as we prepare to go tonight, Lord, I pray that we do trust in you with our whole heart tonight. As we leave this place and go into our jobs and homes and families and schools, that we would trust in you wholeheartedly and walk forward with everything we've got. Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.